0: Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance.
1: We continue the conversation on The Talking Point. It is Tuesday morning, time for Talking Finance. Brian, last week, this time, we were celebrating the 1st of September. Spring has sprung. And now, um, the one thing I didn't get to do last week was to read the messages that came through on WhatsApp because, of course, we've got very intelligent listeners. So they were all um, texting us on WhatsApp to tell us that, Kathy actually, the beginning of spring for our region is not the 1st of September, but, in fact, the 22nd of September.
2: Ah, the the spring eclipse.
1: Yes, so so it looks like... um, they were. They may or may not have been right, judging by the weather today.
2: Well, we got a call. We got a call who said, "Look, in eighty-one it snowed," and I reminded that I remember studying from a trick in sixty-four when it snowed. So who knows? But I tell you, this is the last bit. The last bit, and then we're up here. Well, there absolutely
1: is snow um, today in some yeah. parts of the country. Yeah, well, most of it being around um, the northern cape, parts of the western cape as well. So, yeah, not so springy after all.
2: Well. We're feeling spring. You're looking spring.
1: (laughs) You're certainly going to try and put a spring in our steps with all of the advice that um, you're going to give us. And, of course, we're going to continue um, off of the program that we had last
2: week. Yeah, Kathy, last week I dealt with people building up to retirement yep. and what you needed to do and I said there were three steps. Find out what your investments are currently, what will they be worth at sixty five, take your expenses, deduct from the expenses those that you that you won't have because they should you have a bond paid for, no debt You won't be saving and enjoying at the same time. And then put the two together and correlate. I also gave a formula. We had a lot of people who asked for that formula. I hope by now that everyone has asked for it, has received my formula on how you work out what you need at retirement. And we often get callers saying, you know, you deal with the younger people, but we're elderly, we're older, we're in retirement, we're close to retirement. Please deal with something that relates directly to us. And so this morning, I want to deal with, with many of our listeners who are already in retirement and they've either got a living annuity or a fixed annuity, or those who are close to retirement and are going to have to make a decision whether they buy a living and fixed annuity because those are your choices and I just wanted to deal with that this morning so with your permission I'll start the program.
1: I I certainly give you the green light.
2: Okay the first thing about when you reach retirement and I go back into the 80s one of the big arguments in the 80s when people retired was in the event when once they died their pension stopped and so The formation of a living annuity was developed to allow people to make decisions rather than to buy a fixed annuity, but to take a living annuity, which is you take your capital, you invest in an annuity, you have to make two decisions. Decision one is how much do you want to withdraw, and decision two is how do you want the funds invested, and that is really the concept of a living annuity. If you... If you draw more, than the funds return. In other words, if you say I want to draw 10% and the fund only draws 8%, your capital is going to drop. However, on your death, whatever's left in the living annuity will be paid out to your family in different formats. They can either continue with the living annuity or draw the cash. I think the big question that people need to do, think about, is the pension for you and your spouse and when not your children, or are you saying I'm, I'm going to have less? I'm going to f- I'm going to forego maybe living to the be- to the best that I can, so that my children end up with money. And that is really the reason why people buy a living annuity, so that on their death there's money paid out to their families. I always say you need to think carefully about that. You've saved all your life, and you're now going to. To retirement, and you want to make sure at retirement you've got you've got as much as possible. In so and that's so that is the the question about living annuity But it's a big question: how much do you draw? And because over the last five years, people have found that their living annuities have actually dropped in value, because they are, the returns have been disappointing, and they're not getting the same sort of return from the investment. So they're drawing more out of their living annuities. Now, what I'm saying is a living annuity value needs to increase because of inflation. I mean, the two challenges that people in retirement face are longevity and, most important, inflation. So you've got to keep building your annuity so every year you're drawing a little bit more to take into account increased costs. But it is a decision one needs to make at a living annuity. The other choice is a life annuity is where you give up the right to the capital and you say, I'm giving up the right to the capital, and I'm going to buy an annuity. So I don't have to make any investment decisions. I don't have to make any decisions on how much I'm going to draw. I'm going to go to the market. And remember, if you've got a living annuity, you have got an annuity falling due from an old mutual or Liberty or Metropolitan or any other company. You have freedom to shop the market, and you'll be absolutely amazed on a life annuity, how differently the companies actually project what they're prepared to give you. So you can shop around the market. So let's assume you've got a million rand and you age, I've got some figures here, and you age 70. At age 70, you can get an annuity with a five-year guarantee of around about uh, 9.6%. There'll be no inflation increases on that. If you're 75, you can get an annuity of 11%, and if you're 80, you can get an annuity of 13%, which means you take on no risk. You get that annuity, so on a million rand, you'll get an annuity of around at 80 Of around just under 11,000 Rand a month. So you're not taking on any risk, nor or do you have to worry, but on death after the guaranteed period, because you would take a guaranteed period. You say, I want a five or 10-year guaranteed period, which means that should you die in the first year and you've got a five-year guarantee, then for the remaining four years, they will pay to your beneficiaries. But if you live after the five years, after your guaranteed period, it ends. So you've got to determine then what you're going to do. There is a hybrid where you can take both a life and a living annuity. So many of our pensioners, at the moment who are sitting with living annuities and are now finding that they've been advised to draw less when they need more, maybe you should think about converting to a life annuity again, as I always say, talk to a financial advisor who can go to the market for you and shop around with all the different companies. Every week, the annuity rates change, and every week, a different company comes to the fore. Uh, I, last week, company A, I won't mention the name because they change, was at the top. This week, when I got rates yesterday, another company had come to the top. So you can see when the companies are looking for money and when they're offering a life annuity. So it's very simple. A living annuity says... I'm going to invest money. I'm going to have to decide how those funds are invested and what I'm going to draw. If you draw more than what you uh, uh, the fund is earning, your capital is going to drop. If you draw less, your capital is going to go up. But on death, you'll get your money. Under a life annuity, you give up the right to the capital, but you don't have the same sort of risk because you can buy up. And there is one company in the marketplace that if you're in ill health, if you've got bad health, they will actually enhance your annuity. So, ask your financial planner to please look around the market to find out who, if particularly, if you know, if you've got heart disease, if you've got t- kidney uh, problems, if you've got diabetes, uh, you could go into the marketplace and, and have a look. So, that's really the decision you make. And some people are making a hybrid decision, they're taking a bit of both. But I think, particularly, people remember interest rates are high at the moment, but we're hoping that interest rates don't go up any further in South Africa. And we're also hoping that in the next nine to 12 months, globally, interest rates come down. And I'm I'm in that group where I do believe interest rates are coming down. You can already see long-term rates reducing, not the short-term. If you want to go into a bank, you can still get to a 9%. I know one bank is offering 12%, but that's Not compound interest over five years. It's simple interest, which means no interest on interest. So all I'm saying is there are a whole lot of choices pensioners can make and people close to retirement need to be advised which route you go. One last point, if you buy a living annuity now, you can always move to a fixed annuity. However, if you buy a fixed annuity now, you cannot then decide to go to a living annuity when things are different.
1: Brian, you know, there's so much that has come up from what you have said. Firstly, I want to talk about um, what it is that, let's say, those that have worked hard their entire lives and um, you know, have sorted out their pensions, have invested in these annuity, whether living or life annuities, as you've just explained. Um, because this question of what people leave behind Um, is a big question, and I want to be a bit controversial here. What what do people actually owe the generations that are coming after them? So if you are living now and you think about your children, you're in old age, right, you've worked hard, you've put them through school, you've done everything you can to make sure that they're able to be self-sufficient. And you are having to make the choice between... Whether to withdraw enough so that you can survive right now, or whether to keep sacrificing just so that you will leave something behind for them—I um, mean, it's just.
2: Kathy, uh, I don't—I yeah. don't think it's controversial at all. It's just an emotive state that people say I've saved all my life for retirement. Going back many years, people didn't even think. Globally, by the way, majority of people buy annuities, and don't worry about that aspect. They've got a home, they've got other investments, they've got other assets which will go to their children. It's always this concept about leaving assets to your loved ones. But when it comes to retirement, you need to think of it differently. I've, I've sacrificed all my life to save for retirement, so I have financial freedom in retirement. I come there, and then I still emotionally say, "But I don't want all this financial freedom because I still want to provide for my families." So, it's a mindset, and that my, you're absolutely right. I'm a firm believer that you need to look after yourself because. In the years of contribution, you may be increasing your contributions, you may be saving more, but once you reach retirement, there are no more salary payments, there are no more checks coming in, there are only rising costs. And even if you don't need, you know, people say, well, I don't need all that money. Well, then put that money away. Make sure that you've got extra to take into account inflation because inflation will live with us. We've had inflation going back since 1970. I'll never forget a statement. Donald Gordon, who started Liberty Life, and John Foster, our prime minister in those stages. were at loggerheads because Foster said inflation will only be short term and Donald Gordon said inflation is here to stay. He was one of the leaders in South Africa, the doyen in the insurance industry, started Liberty Life from scratch, built an empire in South Africa and a property empire in the UK. He was absolutely right. Inflation's here to stay and we've seen inflation run between the 5s and the 12 percents. So I think people need to think differently when they come to retirement, your retirement funds are for you. And if you, yes, if you've got lots of other assets, then you take a small pit. You, you, you've got, by the way, just to let you know that, just so people understand, where does a living annuity or annuity come from? Any pension fund that you remember of, mm-hmm. any retirement annuity you remember of, you can only draw one third in cash at retirement, and there are some tax consequences. The other two thirds has to buy either a living annuity or a life annuity. If you're in a provident fund, it's different. Provident fund, at retirement, you get cash, and you can determine a lot of tax. Consequences. You can determine. You can still buy an annuity with your provident fund, but that's where it comes from. It's what we call compulsory savings versus voluntary savings, where you make your own investments. You can't buy a living annuity. You can buy an annuity, but you can't buy a living annuity. Comes from those funds.
1: And and I think one of the things uh, about it, Brian, is that you find that people actually rob themselves of so much in terms of their own quality of life while they are are still alive, sort of in the interest of saying, you know, let me leave something behind for for those, that my loved ones, that that will still be alive. And, you know, the reality of the matter is that sometimes what people do with those funds when you are not here um, is just at their own discretion, you know. They can choose to splurge on, you know, just nice-to-haves. They don't have to be responsible with that money. I mean, there's this, sh- this show on, on on Showmates called I Blew It, Brian. You might not know it, but, uh, you know, it, it, it showcases so many people that have been recipients, some of them of RAF funds, others of, of pension funds, etc. you know, where they've literally gotten into this money and they blow it on the most... I don't want to say silliest of things, but but really, <laughs> they literally blow it. It's a show about how people blow millions and millions of rands in a space of uh, about a year to two years. That seems to be the pattern and, and the trend. So I, I, when I see that, it makes me think differently about what it is that we actually owe. Uh, To those that are coming after us, I think that, yes, if you have like an education trust that you can set up for yourself and, you know, your children, your children's children, et cetera, and and maybe just one or two properties, then that's fine. But they should be able to figure themselves out.
2: You know, Kathy, there's a saying. If you fly, if if you can afford to fly a business class. And particularly a lot of the parents today have got children living all over the world and they've got to get there. Long distance is not easy for someone in their late 70s, early 80s to be traveling. But if you fly economy class but you can afford business class, your kids will surely fly business class. (laughs) And and many people have – I've heard the statement. Many people have said, I cannot believe – how much my parents have left. Yeah. My mother and my father for left and they deprived themselves mm-hmm. and they were so careful and frugal in their retirement ages. I mean, those are meant to be golden years. I'm not saying, as you say, blow the money, but I'm saying think differently about pensions money. Ring fence your pension monies from your other assets, which will ultimately hopefully go to your children if you need to live. But if you're struggling, you mustn't struggle more because you're going to leave. And th- so those reaching retirement need to make that decision. And those in retirement now, if you're in a living annuity, you do have choices and you can have a look around to see. I've had many clients convert from living annuities to to secure guaranteed fixed annuities who are now living that much better because they've made that move and they've made the decision. Those assets are for me. I'm going to do my best with those assets.
1: All right. Brian, we'll continue the conversation in a moment. I see some callers already lined up for you. I'll take more of your call. 86 at What three two. What is your approach to retirement, and what do you make of uh, the conversation Brian and I have been having? I'll take your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614104107. It's ten thirty. Time for the latest news headline.
3: The talking point with Kathy Sasana weekdays nine am till midday.
1: All right, Brian, let me kick it off in Motherwell. Buisile, good morning.
0: Good morning, Kathy. Uh, Brian, you've got good news today. You have won 10 million rand. Where? (laughs) Brian has won 10 million rand.
1: Is this this another one of the scams, Buisile?
0: Brian, Brian, tell me, how are you going to invest as an individual to the stock exchange, the first question. The second one, how to invest offshore. offshore. So then the last the last question is uh, the, 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 the last question is how someone can invest in a tax free investment. I don't know what what is a tax free investment. Okay. Last time, Kate, I went to a private, a private Absa bank where there are only only millionaires there. Yeah. You find that no one has can invest unless you are a millionaire. I
1: don't know whether that private private uh, bank is still.
4: Available. All right. But and but Bwisile,
1: but did, did you go there also asking about a, a tax-free savings account option? No, 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 no. I've never asked anyone. It's
0: the first time I asked Brian. I've <laughs> never go to APSA and asked it. It's the
1: first time I asked
0: it.
4: Why, why, why,
1: why have you never gone to ask?
4: Because I don't believe it. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. All right,
1: Fair enough. Right. Fair I don't enough, believe Brian. it. Okay.
0: I know banking. I don't believe it. That's why I want to know, know from from
2: Brian.
1: Okay, Boisele, no problem.
2: Okay. So I'm going to take you. I'm going to take a little bit more time on this question because it's not about 10 million. It's about anyone who's got money. Whether you've got 100,000 or 50,000 or 500,000. So thank you for giving me my prize this morning, but the reason and I warn anyone, don't get fooled by any of this simply because if you never took took a ticket you couldn't win 10 million. And I don't remember the taking the ticket. But very simply, I'm going to ask you two questions. Question number one is, do you have any debt? And out of that 10 million Rand, you're going to pay off all your debt. And second question, well, it's part of the first question, let's say, first part was A, second part being part B, is do you have any expenses that you're going to need to cover over the next year or two? And if if there's any yes answer to that, I'm going to ring fence that money for money that's going to be used maybe to upgrade a motor car, change a home, whatever the case may do. The second question I'm going to ask you now with what is left. So let's assume your answers to that is I don't have any debt and I've got no desires. I'm going to ask you, do you need income? because because if you need income, let's make sure that we invest the funds to give you certainty and security and make sure that's certain. And most important, let's look at how we can make it as tax efficient as possible. Because remember, if you've got 10 million rand and you earn 9% in a bank and you're getting 900,000, you're going to pay of that 900,000 somewhere like 270,000 rand in tax. So I want to make it tax efficient. So my second question, the first one, as you as said, Debt and any money to be spent. The second question is Do you need any income? Once I've ascertained whether you need income, I would ring fence that portion of money to provide me with income and I would look at a tax efficient investment, not a tax free investment, a tax efficient investment. I'll deal with the tax free at the moment. Well, let me deal with that now. At the moment, you're allowed to invest 36,000 Rand in a tax free investment. That means that that 36,000 Rand a year, whatever. Interest is earned, whatever capital gains there are, whatever dividends tax is, you do not pay that tax. So if Kathy puts thirty-six thousand rand into an investment and it's not a tax-free investment, and I put thirty-six thousand, Kathy will pay the t- um, and Kathy won't will will pay tax on all those components. I won't pay tax. So that's the tax-free. Then I'd say right now I've got an amount of money left over. where I want to look for growth. And I certainly am very much in favor of offshore growth. Remember, going offshore means nothing more than you making investment in companies that are global uh, and you can always bring the money back. So going offshore is not about taking the money and never seeing it again. You can bring money back at any stage. You apply for a tax directive. I would believe that 65 to 70 percent of my assets would go offshore because I've got two advantages. One, I've got global companies I can invest in, which I don't have inside. Africa, because most South African companies, by the way, that you think about the Richmonds, the Billitons, are not in South Africa. They're all global companies, but they are listed in South Africa. I want to have my money offshore, because I get the advantage of RAND depreciation, and the RAND bounces all at the moment. The RAND today's trading at 1890. A few days ago, it was 1930. And at the end of July, just to remind our listeners that the RAND broke below 18. So the RAND's all over the place. But over a long period period of time, the RAND is always depreciated. So if that does happen, I'm going to get some RAND depreciation. And also I can invest in world companies that are at the cutting edge. We don't have that many companies in South Africa that are at the cutting edge that are going to benefit enormously from artificial intelligence and all those other aspects. So I would then, now I've got to say, how do I house my money? Do I go in directly into equities? Do I buy the Amazons, the Apples, the Microsoft, the Visa card, the Louis Vuittons which everyone loves Uh, by the way there's no truth that if you own a Louis Vuitton share you can go to Louis Vuitton in Paris and get a discount there's no truth in that whatsoever so just be aware Or would I go into funds? So I need to understand the emotional state of the individual. What is your emotional state? Are you going to watch the market every day? Or are you going to understand this is long term because investing for growth is long term? So that's really trying to give you a summary of what I would do with your 10 million. And then your financial advisor who is advising you needs to assess your needs or your needs changing and what needs to be done over the years to come.
1: All right. And by the way,
2: Cathy, it's not just 10 million. It's any money mm -hmm. that you need to think about when you're talking. You know, I've always said when you're talking savings, that's one to three-year money. When you're talking investment, you're looking at risk.
1: Sure. And, and Brian, um, you were talking about just, um, you know, a tax-free savings account and how you've never been to a bank to actually ask and and a lot of the banks now are offering um, the option of a tax free savings account.
2: You can go into a tax free savings account put the money in the bank at 9% interest. Although remember interest rates fluctuate and I would imagine that the 9% that you're going to get today or even a little bit more 9.5% you're not going to be getting in a year's time. So maybe fixing your interest rates. I mean government bonds are paying five years. They were as of last month. I don't know if they've updated because they update once a month and I don't know if they've updated in September, but certainly the August rate for five years was 10.5% taxable.
1: All right. Um, we've got so many more questions. Okay, um, we'll take a quick break and then I'm back with Brian.
0: SAFM. Primetime all day long.
1: Good morning to the listeners and to you, Cathy, and to Mr. Hirsch. This is just a very quick call to say thank you so much. Mr. Hirsch actually did get back to me on a query that I had and um even on a sunday and um unfortunately i couldn't talk to him at the time but i will pick up that thread next week so i just wanted to say this is a very rare courtesy um that somebody actually does what they say they'll do so thank you well done
0: talking finance with brian hirsch making sense of your finance
1: Aren't you the respectable Mr. Hirsch, who is a, a man of his word and gets back to people?
2: Try, try, try.
1: <laughs> All right. Let me go to Yanusio in Cape Town. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Diane. Good morning Katie. to you. Good morning. Did you think about joining any political party and become a president, first woman president in our country? We need you. I, <laughs> no, I was Janus... to your
1: speech. I, I, yes. I, I, I value I value the hair I have the full hair of the full hair that I have on my head right now. I'm not willing to compromise it for anything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what so a pity! You know, you are really good good lady who are taking this this political guys and you know and squeeze them as, as they supposed to. But a uh, question to Brian, Brian. Uh, my question is related to the taxation of the retirement. We work; we're trying to save as the retired people. We use as well. I'm 75 at the moment. Sorry, I'm 74, young at the moment. So uh, uh, we're trying to save our money as much as we can. But you know, we paid our salary we, when we before we get to this to, to this point. We we had, we are taxed now. We taxed again. Can you give us some advices how to? Spread our money, because, like for instance, when I invest my money in the bank, then and the, let's say seven and a half percent. After certain certain level of investment or saving, I'm gonna be penalized by paying the taxes. And the more more I save, higher brackets of the taxation is. It's like quite not fair. So because you know we're trying to save, we're trying to manipulate this money there and there and there to save the money because this is for us a few more years to, to be here, and uh, taxmen always trying to find a way uh, to to take money away. I've got some money. I, I was working in Poland for 15 years before I came to South Africa, and I've got some retirement from there. Uh, and uh, this money I'm trying to invest, and I'm investing in the bank. I don't go to the shares. I don't, I don't know. I've got no knowledge about it. I, I don't trust these this things. But, you know, uh, I'm worried that more are gonna, more are gonna say. I remember when I was working and was still working, and I, I was working overtime trying to, to make money, money, money. Suddenly, I realized that actually I'm not making more money; I'm losing the money because there's all this above the certain level of the of the taxation. They, they I jump higher and then they penalize us. So, and I got some money from from Poland from the retirement.
2: And, uh, will they tax me on that? Okay. It, 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 okay, let me, let, let me try and answer as quickly as I can. We've got a lot of calls holding on. Firstly, it, just to repeat, any pension one receives from a living annuity or a fixed annuity is fully taxable. Obviously, up to certain scales and there's certain brackets where you don't pay tax. Foreign pensions in South Africa are not taxable. And now your question is, how do I become tax efficient? Because you're right. You earn money, you pay tax. You invest it, you make capital gains, you pay tax. You earn interest, you pay tax. You get to retirement, you pay tax. You die, you pay debt duties. So we never stop paying tax. I mean, that's that's global. So you need to have a look. You need to look at some of the more tax efficient investments. And depending on your tax rate, you know, an endowment policy or an income plan offered by insurance companies is paying close to 7% at the moment, and that's after tax. So depending on your tax rate, when people say, but I can get 9 9.5%, that's this year. But you're talking about long term, and I'm saying to you that next year we're not going to be getting 9%, 9.5%, we are going to be getting 7 and maybe the year after, maybe even less. So you need to maybe look at fixing your income, always look at the tax efficiency after tax, and as you say, it's you—you know—you're trying to save money, but you're paying tax. The tax-free saving investment up to thirty-six thousand rand per taxpayer is a very good avenue because you're not going to pay tax on that money in the during the investment and i know at 74 75 young i'm also at, at that stage in life also young energetic and in, innovative and uh, and enthusiastic so i'm saying yeah we we want to try you need to again find look at the different components look at income plans look at growth plans offered by insurance companies because they have a different tax rate, they pay thirty percent, and they pay capital gains of twelve. And at our highest rate of tax, we pay forty-five percent, and we pay capital gains at eighteen percent. So there's some arbitrage available. So you need to look at those components. But yeah, yeah, they, uh, they say the only certain thing about life is death, tax, and debtors. So you know, th- there's nothing further you can do.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, bad news. But certainly, as you hear from Brian, there are ways to try and work around the system. And I would advise anybody who's sort of listening um, to to also get the podcast of this conversation so that you can go back to it and and listen clearly so that the next time you're talking to your financial advisor or whoever's advising you on on your policies, you're able to put some of these things to them. Kathy, by the way,
2: tax avoidance is, is legitimate. And you make to make that na- you need to make use of all the tax concessions given by a receiver. Don't afterwards say I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Tax evasion obviously is where you're not disclosing income. And uh, uh, I mean, Al- we know about Al Capone; mm-hmm. he was involved in every every activity from murder to prostitution to bootlegging, but they got him on tax evasion.
1: Colin, you're in Cape Town. Good morning.
2: Uh, good
4: morning, Brian. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, Kathy. Uh, Brian, uh, I'm still giggling about the uh, Eunice. Uh, Brian, <laughs> I'm um, here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, a family member was talking to me the other day. He's 24 years old. He had some money he put it away. But he's, he's already started to moan now. Uh, he's getting little, he's not growing much. So I advised him, I said, look here, I'm going to phone up Brian Hirsch Tuesday and I want you to listen to the, uh, to the radio. Give you advice. I said to him, you are 24, long-term investment. I said, "There are four points to a good retirement investment. Number one is long-term. Then discipline comes. Spread your portfolio and have a good financial advisor. I said, those are the four tips I'm going to give you. And I hope you listen to the radio when Brian Hirsch (laughs) confirms that.
2: Thank you, Brian. (laughs) Thank you, Colin. You have to Colin (laughs) you, You summed it up well, Colin. But as you say, you know A young 24-year-old has to determine what is his time horizon. Does he really understand long-term? Does he understand 10, 15 years, 20 years out? And if he does understand that he wants to be growth-orientated, then you need – you can't – a 24-year-old, you know, who doesn't have much money, maybe putting money away monthly, needs to look at the unit trust industry, which includes Signia and includes um, uh, Satrix Funds. And I would say, yeah, put money away in those funds, uh, be global, be growth-orientated, be technology-orientated. So there's when you talk about spreading... It's not about spreading your money and going to 10 different institutions. It's within an institution spreading your risk in terms of the different sector. I mean, for a 24-year-old, if they don't believe that artificial intelligence and technology is the way forward, I mean, us guys in the, at the older ages, we're really battling with what's going on and, you know, with computers and technology and the changes. I, I hate my, my my programs being updated. You know, I regularly get this, you're, you've got to update. i have always petrified. What is it going to throw at me that's new, that I really am going to struggle with? But a youngster, go into those industries, go into those funds and start putting money away. And yes, your short-term money, you don't put away, just leave it in the bank, but your long-term money, go for it and be growth-orientated. And one of the things about retirement is for people, one, start too late, two, they don't put enough away. Three, they take the wrong strategy. If you're 24 and you talk about retirement, that's 40 years out. You want to be as growth-orientated as possible. Don't worry about the short-term returns. Just keep doing it.
1: All right. Uh, Colin, hopefully uh, your nephew tuned in and is listening to that advice from Brian. Shane, you are in Durban. Good morning.
5: Uh, good morning. Hi, Brian. How are you? Morning, Shane. All right, mate, I've, I've got a 22-year-old daughter that's got about 700,000 Rand to invest. So I know you've spoken about that So will that be a place to go where she can just bomb the money and walk away for the next 10, 15 years? Would does, you recommend that?
2: Shane, does your daughter of 22 really understand 10, 15 years?
5: No, but she's, she's a bit like a she just doesn't want to spend her money, so she wants to put put it away and walk away because
2: okay. she earns a lot of. Okay, but will she put it away and walk away, or will she put it away and watch every day? No, she'll
5: walk away. Okay, she just yeah. she, at the moment she's got it in a bank. I don't want that. I want her to okay.
2: invest it. Okay, well if she's got that sort of money, a twenty-two-year-old, seven hundred thousand, certainly she wants to make that money work for her. She wants to grow Great. it, so she wants to be. In exchange-traded funds, which is the Signia uh, and the Satrix funds, she wants to have a nice spread of investment. She needs to, should talk to a financial advisor who can put together three or four different funds for her and invest it. I would also probably, I want to be offshore as much as possible, although, let me say this to you, the only disadvantage of going what we call asset swap is where she goes offshore. Uh, is the disadvantage of paying capital gains on the currency loss? If the currency comes off and you make money, uh, being onshore, you don't you you pay tax on that as well. And as we had uh, Eunice who complaining about tax. So go offshore, take some of that money offshore. You're allowed a million rand a year and invest in offshore funds, but exchange traded funds, and let your advisor actually advise you. These are the funds you should be have some money on shore, and that's where she should be. If she's got a ten to fifteen year time horizon, I as I think about for my own grandchildren, who I've got another ten year time horizon, I'm I'm offshore with their funds uh, in technology. I mean, in in in, in all different sectors that are. I think, are are going to work. I mean, when you think about electric cars and and their batteries and and chips and all that, that's where you want to be. All right, excellent.
4: Thanks, Shane.
2: Thanks, Shane.
1: Shane, thanks for the call. Uh, Brian, that's really good advice. Really, really sound advice. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I'm back with more of your questions for Brian and and one more call for Brian.
0: Talking finance with Brian Hirsch. Making sense of your finance.
1: I've still got so many questions from you. Brian uh, Mabaye in Cosmos City wants to know, Brian, the top five living living units or living annuities for somebody to invest in at the age of 30 to 39?
2: Yeah, look it's not about the top five. You can choose any company they all have what they call open architecture. So you can invest it's, it's the, the living, when you go to a company you're buying a room and that's you pay for that room somewhere around about 0. 0.4. percent. Now you've got to feed you've got to drip feed that into an investment which I call the furniture. So again it's not a living annuity is not about the best five. It's what you want out of your investments and what you're drawing and you need that's why I say I can't just mention five because it changes all the time you need to talk to a financial advisor when you're buying a life annuity then you go to the marketplace and then your broker will go across the board go to all the companies and offer you the best and it's not always I've always say the greater the risk the greater the return be very careful but if it's a reputable company and they're offering I mean at the moment I can tell you three weeks ago All mutual was giving the best two weeks ago discovery was giving the best I got a quote today Liberty were giving the so every week they change their their rates.
1: All right, thanks for that, Brian. Uh, let's play this WhatsApp voice note for you.
2: and Cathy and good morning, Brian.
0: Brian, I just want to ask this question. Uh, I've got a car that I'm um, still paying off, and uh, I think now the balance is about fifty thousand. And I've got more than fifty thousand that I can settle the ma- uh, the car with. Now I'm just thinking whether is it wise to continue paying it until next year, or should I take the money and pay the car off now, Uh, though I'm actually paying on a fixed
2: deposit of 6000 a month. Uh, I don't know. What is your advice? Thank you. Well, if your interest rate is fixed, what rate are you earning? If it's not fixed and you're paying at the higher rate now because interest rates go up, so you need to get a settlement figure, then you need to work out if you now take the money that you were putting to the motor car and you now pay, add that up over the next, say, 12 months and What will that come to? And you can do the calculations. The chances are, if they're giving you enough rebate on unpaid, because they've got to give you uh, interest back, they can't charge you all the interest, if you can do those calculations, probably better to pay off the car. Uh, and again, one's got to determine if the money you're earning in the bank are you paying interest or not? Because remember, under the age of 65, the first 22,800 Rand worth of interest is tax free. If you're over 65, the first 34,500 Rand is tax free. You need to do those calculations.
1: Okay. Cyril, you're in Cockstart. Good morning, Cyril.
2: Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Cyril. Uh-huh. Yeah, first
5: of all, man, I want to commend Brian in the radio asset for such a, a, a important uh, a topic, you know, the finances and all that. Brian, I don't know uh, whether this uh, world demand is going to come up, but i me just squeeze and follow up. I have sent the world because uh, your PA asked me to you and Holiday, and your PA asked me to send the world. It's about uh, just to refresh you the very commission of the Restriction in the world of, that goes from generation to generation and infinitum is a restriction to the second generation. And my question last was, uh, who is the owner then? Uh, and, and I just had a, a, a little addition to this, uh, Brian. The distribution and uh, the LED, liquidation and distribution account was done and uh, movable property was divided equally according to the world. But the property was not transferred from the deceased estate. So the property is still in the deceased estate. And there's nothing mentioned about trust in the world. So can the executor, in fact, uh, 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 Brian, in the world there was a farm and a town property. But the town property was taken away with the group Act, And then the master required an executor to be appointed for the property to be sold. And then the file was put away in the archives again. Now, what do we do now? Because this, this property still in the
2: estate. What's the best advice mm. that you can give, Cyril? We, we, we ran out of time. But did you send the will to me? Yes, I did. I can I can send it again. When, when did, did, did you send it, Cyril?
5: I sent it uh, when you were on holiday. immediately at Tuesday. That
2: oh, last means, week.
5: No, no, it was two weeks ago when we. Okay, because I, it,
2: I because I must tell you, I've 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 been through everything outstanding and all my calls and everything, and I haven't yeah. seen the will. Please resend it. I'll do that and just add some questions. Yeah, please. okay. And your name, please give me your number. Thanks, Cyril. Yes. All right, right. All Thank right, Cyril, much.
1: we'll then find out sort of what Brian's final advice for you is. I'm going to squeeze this one in, Brian. Good morning. How do I ensure that my children don't access lump sum when I've passed on, but get it monthly even if they're over 21 years of age?
2: Well, in, it very simply depends. If it's a retirement fund and your children are the dependents, then you, there's very little you can do. Uh, they will have a choice. Uh, However, if they're under age, under the age of 18, then it will be left to the guardian or set up in a trust. If there are other assets, you have to deal with it in your will. You leave assets to children. You say to them, my children can inherit, but they can't inherit any of the capital till age 25. You've got to have a trust formed in the will. Some people say 20, some at 25, some at 30. So, again... any assets that are vo- what we call voluntary assets, monies, whether it be property or other investments, need to be dealt with in your will. Uh, and c- you create what's called a testamentary trust, not an intervivos trust. If there are assets now that you want to protect, then you'll have to create what we call an intervivos trust, which is a trust formed during your lifetime. So one of those two. Perhaps you should call me. Off here. I'll give my number now. 11 Please leave your message leave all your numbers where you can be called. Lately I've been phoning people back that don't even have answering services. I, I can't even let them know that I've phoned. 11 and Cathy, thanks for letting me squeeze in an extra minute.
1: It's, it's always a pleasure. Brian Hirsch, that's where we leave it for this Tuesday. Brian, of course, back with you again next week just after 11 o'clock. Time for your latest news update.